Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends, yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, let me get this straight. With gas prices, where they're at right now. If the oil companies were just more patriotic, yeah. oh my we'd be gosh. in better shape. Oh, um, <laughs> give it away. Okay. Yeah, Democrats in Congress are going all in on the plan to blame oil companies for the high cost of gas, probably because the Putin price hike thing didn't work. Yeah. Because as we've said the last couple of days, Americans generally are not that dumb to believe that. Nope. Especially because those costs were going up before the invasion of Ukraine. Yes. Uh, But anyway, yeah, here's Representative Hakeem Jeffries, one of the top Democrats in the House of Representatives, previewing some hearings coming up with bigwigs from the oil and gas industry. I think it's important for uh, American corporations, as we've seen others do, to show some patriotism. And to stand on the side of everyday Americans. And at the hearing, at least, I think there'll be an opportunity to explore with these gas and oil executives what that kind of patriotism should look like. Is he having a problem seeing the screen? Why is there so many pauses? What's the problem? Well, you gotta you gotta try to deliver with the right emphasis, right? You gotta you gotta stop every once in a while. Uh, to make sure everyone's paying attention. Oh, my God. I like being lectured by knuckleheads like him about patriotism. Shut up. <laughs> Just shut up. You. Yeah. Captain Patriot. Okay. Yeah, that credited Biden with dropping mask mandates. Remember? Yes. That's the same yeah. guy. What a hack. Hacky Hakeem. Go ahead, buddy. At minimum, it should involve ensuring that perhaps there's some relief that consumers and everyday Americans experience in the form of lower gas prices, given the incredible record profits that oil and gas companies are making right now. Okay, I'm not buying the old, it's emphasis. That's why there's the pause, because the emphasis isn't even in the right places to make a point. Sounds like he's having a problem reading the script. It's all bad. Well, I... I think it's really pathetic for any Democrat to come out and try to appeal to the patriotism of the yes. oil and gas industry. <laughs> yes. Because these companies have been told explicitly by this administration, in no uncertain terms, our goal is to put you out of business. Yes. Whether you like it or not, our goal is to make sure that you can't do what it is that you do. And everyday Americans, millions of them, work for these companies. And you want to put them out of business. That's the goal stated explicitly by the Democratic Party right now. Correct. And now you're saying, well, think about patriotism. Just invest millions of dollars and millions of man hours towards, well, limited oil and gas exploration uh, opportunities that we're giving you. Well, patriotism isn't part of that, putting America first. We could be energy independent like we were before. If you would just let people do it, you won't let them do it. Because your investors are into green energy. I mean, some supporters are into green energy. (laughs) Give me a break. 
And I understand this is what they're trying to do now because they floated out the Putin tax hike, as you said, David. Nobody bought it. No. Well, I think it was Tucker's show last night. They had the whole montage mm-hmm. of the media, like NBC, ABC, uh, MSNBC, everyone sort of turning on the administration saying, yeah, they're not buying this anymore. And every time we talk about gas prices, Democrats do, President Biden does, it's always Putin's price hike. They're trying to blame, of course, the Russian president and the invasion of Ukraine uh, for the jump in, in, in prices. But of course, as polling suggests, the, this president is yeah. going to take a lot of the blame here. Biden has called it a Putin price hike, but most Americans aren't buying it. With the midterms now just a few months away and inflation at a record high, the president is now putting the blame squarely on Vladimir Putin, calling this the Putin price hike, but as Republicans and the president's critics have been quick to note, gas prices were already rising before Russia started this war. Okay, that's, I mean, there's more of that to get to if you wanted to, but you get the point. So will the media then back the White House and the Democrats saying, yeah, these oil companies jacking up the prices? Well, the usual suspects will. Yeah. Okay. Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders. Got it. Their ilk. Okay. All right. What's next? Ron DeSantis blaming him for the price hike? Probably. Followed by the Prince of the Nether region, if that doesn't work? Sure. Okay. Yeah, I would say so. Satan did it. Meanwhile, we have open borders. Okay. That's what it is. And it's going to be even more so uh, here just a few weeks from now. Yeah, it's going to get worse thanks thanks to the Biden administration ending Title 42, the health order that made it easier to expel illegal immigrants. Uh, Fox and Friends spoke with a farmer from South Texas. Again, these are real people who just want to do live their lives in a way they see fit. They just want to have safe communities. And in the name of wokeness or nefarious politicking, the Biden administration is saying that their lives don't matter. Your no. livelihood doesn't matter. Dude, and they're trying to say, well, I mean, these, you know, these young people, young kids and families coming through, they're just looking for a better life. Did you see the people coming off the bus? And mm-hmm. it's going, you know, on flight after flight after flight all over the United States. It's dudes. Yes. It's freaking dudes. Like 18 to 35 years old. All this crap about family. We would about the children, blah, blah, blah. And yet the... I saw that piece this morning with the South Texas rancher talking about what their life is like right now. The thing that we see where I live is um, we have no Border Patrol presence. So another byproduct of all this is that there's a lot of foot drug traffic. And that is is, um, basically left on its own because the agents are otherwise processing or transporting. So we see on almost a daily basis uh, guys from across the Mexico backpacking right. drugs. They come across our fields. They they climb the border fence. They are. I mean, nothing gets in the way. No. No. I mean, they're basically right now, as far as the cartels. What are you going to do? Right. What are you going to do? I You're mean, not going to do anything. The thing is, you could try to defend yourself, but if you do that, you are also going to bring a world of hurt. Onto your land because these are oh. bad guys. These oh, are really buddy. bad guys who are who are doing this. Yes, our borders are. Kamala Harris just issued a statement saying it's the Putin border crisis. <laughs> <laughs> Is Got she it? Still working on root causes? <laughs> of course. Is she? Yeah. Okay. Keep at that. That'd be great. Um, yesterday, this is getting talked about by a lot of different people. What we saw at the White House, uh, David. You have the news background here. How would you describe it? 
Well, I mean, it's a lost old man. President Biden is a lost old man, and this is the highest profile example of elder abuse we have ever seen. I agree. You know, we well, thought the Casey Kasem saga was bad. This is worse because this guy's president right now. So Obama's back at the White House. Yeah. And, and golly. As this event is wrapping up, you see everybody is flocking to say hi to Barack Obama. Biden turns around and he has his arms out like he's going to greet somebody. And then he looks back, sees everybody's going to President My Boss. And. He just sort of wanders around. No one wants to talk to this president. Nobody wants him to be president. That's that's just the truth of it, whether you want to admit it or not. That's it. And he tried to join the confab of ring kissers around Big O. He tried to fit in. He put his arm around Obama at one point. Obama just blew him off. He put his hand up on his shoulder. Yeah, like he wanted to talk to him, and he yes. just blew him off. Yes. And no one's paying attention. He's got that. I, for three seconds, I felt bad for Joe Biden. <laughs> For like three seconds, I went, man, that's brutal. You know, somebody should have let the kids sit at the table. Well, not only that, when you see him mouth the word, Barack. Yes. Barack. So sad. And he, he won't even look his way, man. No. It was just, you know, yes, it was sad for a second. And David's right when he talks about elder abuse because that's the way it felt. It's like stinky grandpa. We don't want him anywhere near us. But then he's looking around for someone else to talk to. Yes, and no one one there. So you're sad for a second. But then what takes over? He's the president. You wanted this job. You got this job. It's anger. It is. Of all the crap he said over the last few years. And he was elected president for crying out loud. And I I go back to what David said a long time ago. I got to blame the doctor for this one. Oh, Jill Biden? Dr. Jill, oh, should should you, you watch this. Is this what you wanted? Yeah, she is seriously one of the worst human beings in America. Absolutely. Because a, a loving wife and a decent person doesn't allow her husband no. to do this. Doesn't do it. Says, no, 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 come on, Joe. We're going to go chase butterflies in the yard, and we're going to go feed the ducks and get tapioca pudding before nap time at 12. and Go home and watch Gunsmoke. Right. You know, That's what yeah. we're going to do. Only a terrible human being I agree. promotes her husband going out in the state that Joe Biden's in. But he's so trying so desperately to get Obama to pay attention to him. Yeah. And Obama just blows him off. I mean, totally. And everybody's gathered around the chosen one, you know, so they can have a meeting tug on the robe. And, and there's Joe. Yeah, it's like this unspoken thing, but you can read it. And that obviously no one cares about Biden. They didn't care about him when he was vice president. Okay, and it's the same thing. But now he's like, but, 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 hey, I'm the president. No, they still don't care. Jeez. You know, the other thing, it'll be fascinating to know, I suppose, when the books are written, about which parts of his family were okay with him running. Because part of that package... Tucker Carlson had last night, he was going back to these articles when Joe first decided to run that family members were against it. But if I don't remember him specifying which ones. I don't I know. I don't either. But it didn't seem like Joe was one of those. No. To your point, David. No. From everything you've heard, she wanted that spotlight. And then Joe spoke yesterday. Oh, boy. Howdy. And then it took another turn. Well, I mean, so the whole event yesterday was about celebrating the Affordable Care Act, and Joe tried to talk about how he's continuing the fight for health care in America. And just, again, the guy's a senile, confused old man, okay? 
The American Rescue Plan subsidies uh, sub subsidizes that are lowering premiums, subsidies are lowering premiums, and extending coverage. And uh, I got a little practice when you gave me that other act, for, you know, when we were president. You were president, and I was with you. Oh my gosh, man. <sighs> okay. And just before anybody's like, how can you make fun of a guy with a stutter? That's not a freaking stutter. Stop that. Thank you. No, he's senile. And then, yeah, watching after the ceremony, it's like, man, I'm, uh, I'm just thinking in the analogy in my mind, it's, it's like he's Will Smith and, and Barack Obama is Jada Pinkett Smith. You know, he's just desperate for the attention. Yes. When you <laughs> put your hand on a guy's shoulder and you're not recognized, you're not even recognized. No, you're not. Oh, boy. Yeah, much Barack, more to get to on that. Barack, Come on, Barack, we're still buddies, remember? Please. Okay. Uh, Scott's favorite, Dick Durbin, spoke again. When Dick speaks, Robbins gets angry. That and much more coming up. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, there's Scott Robbins. Dick Durbin, senator from Illinois. Yeah. What's he saying now, David? Well, he's very upset that some Republicans wanted to know more about Supreme Court nominee Ketanji Brown-Jackson's history of giving lenient sentences to a few child porn offenders. Um, and apparently that's completely off limits, says the second-in-command of a party that tried to convince America, and successfully in some cases, that one of Trump's Supreme Court nominees was racist because she adopted black children. That's correct, yes. And another one of gang rape while in high school. Yeah. So, uh, But just... besides that, I mean, that's <laughs> minor compared to what Katenji Brown had to go through. Right, Dick? Right. So this... Say her name. It's The last name's Jackson. Katenji Brown-Jackson? <laughs> so... So as the confirmation proceedings move forward, here is Dick Durbin this morning. To generalize in terms of her position on an issue of that gravity is fundamentally unfair. unfair. But we've done it, too, on the Democratic side. And I'm going to be first to admit, as I look back in history, there are things that should have been handled, handled better when Republican nominees were before us. And the majority of Republican senators in the Senate Judiciary Committee, led by the ranking member, Chuck Grassley, I believe were respectful and dealt with the judge in a fair manner, asked tough questions as they were expected to, but did not cross the line into personal attack. Like I did. Yeah. I like that. It's like, hey, listen, honey. I, listen, listen, honey. I know that I put your head through a wall and tried to burn down the trailer, but that's no reason to file for divorce. <laughs> Dang. I got to tell you, uh, this being a Wednesday show, it feels like a Thursday vibe when some people have had it, like following news closely all week, and there's a, a certain tension, you know, in the air. I feel it today, especially, well, with David and Scott. I've had it Usually with that guy. Me. I've had it with that guy. Yeah, I know. I Every day that jackass says wow. something like that. Yeah. 
And, man, I mean, he, he's going to go way back in ancient history, like, oh, I don't know, 18 months ago. Do you want to hear somebody that should be called into question for failure and held to account? Who's that? Do you want to hear it? I do. Coming up in the next 15 minutes. Ooh, good one. More, yeah, more on that in a second. Okay. But before we get there, this also may make you angry in a way, just because what kind of person would do something like this? Remember that 14-year-old kid that fell off the ride in Florida? Oh, gosh, yeah. To his death? Yes. Okay. Um, there was a woman uh, said that her name was Shay Johnson, claimed to be the cousin of the boy. Um, and that was that free fall ride. Yeah. You remember? And yeah, it wasn't terrible. buckled, whatever. This woman saying, yeah, um, that was my cousin, had been holding news conferences, collecting petition signatures, and then leading vigils outside the park. And so there's a little bit of digging going on because the mom of the kid that died said, I don't, I don't know who she is. Oh, boy. Then the Orlando Sentinel published a report that identified this one by her real name, Luisina Lavania Browning. She's a 32-year-old woman for Orlando who worked as an exotic dancer at a strip club called Flash Dancers. Hmm. Now, after learning the news, the owner of the strip club said, hey, we've got morals here. She's not working here no more. Okay? Fired. Can't have it. <laughs> Immorality is fired as a stripper. That's, it. that's bad. Dancing naked, one thing. You're Seriously, that's another level. Yeah. Okay? You're actually pretending to be the cousin of this kid that died? Um, club owner told the Sentinel, I feel terrible about it. It's unconscionable. And apparently this woman has quite the checkered legal history. Really? Yes. It reported a recent petition for a restraining order against this person. Um, and a 2019 petition against, uh, you know, another dude that, I mean, this goes back. I mean, how long do we have here to go through all this We're running out of time? Criminal mischief charges, an arrest. She set a car on fire. Arrested again in December. Also arrested on charges of domestic violence and driving with a suspended or revoked license. Mm. And then gave a false name and ID to a deputy who pulled her over. What a horrible person. Sweet gal. Yeah. Okay. So now that we got that out of the way. Lloyd Austin, Secretary of Defense. He's got some questions to answer. Next. Robin Show. Thank you so much for being here. Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer. The Millennial is David Van Camp and the Sexy Boomer. <laughs> That's Scott Robbins. Okay, if you want to set this up, David, uh, Matt Gates, Republican rep, is asking Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin's questions. Yeah, so Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin testified in front of the House Armed Services Committee, and it got a little, little crazy, a little contentious, you could say. Fireworks were going off. Uh, Republican Representative Matt Gates brought up the budget request from the Pentagon. They want to cool $773 billion. While military leadership has not really showered itself in glory in recent history, so Matt Gates asked, 
uh, hey, why are we, you know, teaching socialism and critical race theory in military schools while leadership keeps blowing calls? Yes. Someone ask them some questions. Mm-hmm. Thank you. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's again, this is the most capable, the most combat credible force in the world. It has been and it will be so uh, going forward. Not if this we continue down this path to do that. Not if we embrace socialism. The, the fact that you're embarrassed by your by your country. By oh, no, no, no. I'm embarrassed by I'm, your leadership. I'm sorry I am that. not embarrassed for my country. I wish it's we were not losing saying. to China. It's I wish we were, You know what? The that's you know, that is so. That is so disgraceful that you would sit here and conflate your failures with the failures of the uniformed service members. You- Ooh, gosh dang. Well, shot. They figured out, as we knew, they're teaching a bunch of woke crap in the military and all of this money. And we're failing at different points. And this guy just doesn't want to hear it. So Gates is giving it to him. Good. You guys said that that Russia would overrun Ukraine in 36 days. You said that the Taliban would be kept at bay for months. You totally blew those calls. And maybe we would be better at them if the National Defense University actually worked a little more on strategy and a little less on wokeism. Has it occurred to you that Russia has not overrun Ukraine because of what we've done? And our allies have done? But that was big to be Hold on. That was big. Yeah, no, no, no. Wait, what? But, you know, it seems like uh, an admission of something that we probably shouldn't be admitting to. You're taking credit for it, that's for sure. So you're either taking credit for something that you shouldn't, or you've just admitted to being more involved than we knew. To your point, David. Yeah. Yeah. But that was big to your flawed assessment. That? that was big to your flawed assessment. And so, yeah, I saw that the Obama administration the that we tried to destroy our military by starving it of resources. And it seems the Biden administration is trying to destroy our military by force feeding it wokeism. I yield back. Damn. There's so many other things going on in the country. Yeah. Sometimes those stories, and they're out there, of what people in the military are being taught right now. And it's a lot of woke crap. It's concerning. To people in the military right now. Like, this isn't what I signed up for and taught this BS. I'm telling you what, man, the great pushback is coming, and you feel it. I feel it all around me. Yes. I, I, it, I absolutely do. That makes you feel do. positive, doesn't it? It does. You have gone, You and you knew this was going to happen. You knew eventually middle America and people, just ordinary, average people out there trying to live their freaking lives are going to start diving into this stuff going, wait a minute, what the hell is this about? The whole thing is people have to know it's actually happening. Exactly. That's why the whole freedom of speech issue is huge, especially yes. with social media and Twitter. That's why a lot of people are thinking it's good news that Elon Musk has the 9% share now. Maybe some things will change. Because with legacy media and big tech, they have, I mean, obliterated big stories to where they don't get to people. We'll no. get to Hunter Biden later, but I guess I'm not surprised that, because we called this. I mean, it's easy to call in Sacramento, had a mass shooting. And you're like, oh, this is going to be a big thing for legacy media. Until you find out, okay, who's been arrested? And it's going to be one of those that this story fades rather quickly. Yeah, it already has. Horrible shooting in Sacramento on Sunday. Six people killed. And immediately after, the Biden administration, politicians, celebrities start talking about guns, 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 gun control. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's going to drop off the radar now. And, in fact, I think it already kind of has because one of the suspects was, well, just released from prison after serving less than half of a 10-year sentence. (laughs) 
Uh, Smiley Allen Martin has, has a criminal record going back nearly a decade, including a lot of weapons charges. This guy was not legally permitted to own a firearm or have a firearm. He also had a uh, allegedly a, a handgun that had been modified to be fully automatic, which is also a crime. This guy is not exactly a wow. great respecter of, of laws, be they for guns or anything else. Um, but he was sentenced to 10 years in prison back in 2018 because he viciously beat his girlfriend, like broke into her apartment, dragged her out of a closet, beat her, Jeez. dragged her to the car, throws her in the car, beats her more with a belt. I mean, just oh brutal stuff. Um, and this was part of him training her to be a prostitute. Now, the district attorney at the time last year was begging the state to not grant him parole. This guy is a repeat offender. He's a violent felon with many, many uh, uh, convictions on for violent acts, including with firearms. Do not let him out. Well, he won the parole battle last year after serving four years or less than that. Uh, and he was handed over to probation officials this past February. Uh, and then a couple months later, he is part of a mass shooting that claims six people's lives. That's why the story's gone away. Yeah. Why isn't that reported? It's, it's not, a, it's not a gun control story. It's a, it's a prison story. It's a prison reform and law enforcement story. It's the fact that every time progressives get their hands on the legal system, innocent people get hurt. How many of these are we going to see? I know. I mean, how many are we going to see in California alone? Let alone in Illinois, in New York, in other states where they're letting people out. It It's so maddening. And, you know, if you really wanted to tell people what was going on in the world as a news organization, you would cover that. And you would hold people accountable. Why in the world was that guy out that early? Never should have been. Terrible. Okay. On a lighter note, and maybe you'll get a kick out of this, I will admit I did a little bit. I'm not the biggest fan of Pink, the artist, musical artist. I like some of her stuff. Some of her stuff's okay. Yeah. And, I mean, I think she's got, you know, some rock and roll in her for sure. Oh, yeah. You know, she's done some rock stuff for sure, Mm -hmm. covering Bohemian Rhapsody. I remember she did uh, Patience with Guns N' Roses one time, which is kind of cool. Um. But she's going off on Rolling Stone magazine, calling it the biggest sellout in bleeping history. (laughs) She's got a point. Okay. And maybe I took extra joy in this because as one that subscribed to Rolling Stone magazine for maybe five or six years, late 80s into the 90s, and I look back at that and all the stupidity that I would have read that thought was gospel, it's embarrassing. And it does. Doesn't that just piss you off even more? Yeah, I had a subscription, too, for like 10 years, late 70s through the late 80s. No, yeah. You were still getting the 90s, too. I, well, I'd buy yeah. off the newsstand. I didn't have a subscription anymore. Oh. Depending on what the interview was. Yeah. All right, yeah. I'll, I'll bite. What's a magazine? Yeah, right, exactly. It. No, he's right. I know. Um. Anyway, apparently, Rolling Stone did their top 25 Grammy performances of all time. Oh, man, boy. Another list. Yeah. But what else are they going to do with they Rolling They like their lists, yes. Yes. And so once Pink saw it, I think it, she saw, is it Dua Lipa? Dua Lipa. Lipa? 
I, I don't know Come anything on, about man. it. Come on, man. Where have you been, huh? I'm almost proud that I don't know it. I heard Okay, that's... You know what that sounds like? Uh, a thousand other songs? Yes. That's how yeah. I right now. I know that makes me sound old, but come on. Anyway, um, she said, lost me at Dua Lipa. This has to be a joke. So she continues on talking about this lost its credibility right from the get-go. This is the magazine that used to feature people like John Lennon and Muddy Waters. Hunter S. Thompson wrote political pieces. They put Tina Turner on their cover. Then they sold out, and all credibility went to bleep when style over substance and revenue over authenticity went into play. That's when Snooky became acceptable coverage. No, it's true, though. It's true. <laughs> that was long past my time with Rolling Stone magazine. She said, give me a bleeping break. Do your homework. You don't have to like me or my music or anything about me. And believe me, I could give a bleep. But this is the biggest sellout in bleeping history when it comes to a publication we once all trusted. Bleeping Rolling Stone. And I've felt that way for decades, and so have many of my favorite artists and peers have. And I just asked the question, is Rolling Stone relevant to anybody anymore? Is it, is That's it connected a really with great the- question. I picked one up on the when I was shopping the the magazine rack. I picked one up and it's so foreign to me now. I don't recognize it. You know, I remember I used to turn to the album reviews right away and read them. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. It's it was all political stuff. Almost all of it was political far left stuff. Almost well, everything in there. Well, and I was glad. I forget exactly what it was. Someone finally just came out and said, "If you own every album, that Rolling Stone gave four and a half or five stars to, you'd have the worst record collection of any of your friends that you knew. Yeah, you'd have a lot of Robert Fripp in television, though. Just crap. And it's always fun to go back to, like, mm-hmm. these albums that have stood the test of time, these classics that have endured, and you go back to the original Rolling Stone review, and it's two stars. Oh, yeah. Just idiotic. Okay. Oh, on a health note... Um, a lot of people know that if you drink a cup of coffee in the morning, you've talked about it for years, Scott, it helps get things moving. Yeah, well, you'd be turning around in about two okay. hours or so. Um, it works that way. I don't know why, hours. but it does. I'll just say two hours. That's just it's, random. It's like ten minutes. <laughs> well, for some people, I suppose, yeah. So what is it about the coffee? You know, obviously they've figured it this out by now, right? Well, uh, According to this story, again, it's CNN, they really haven't. They've talked to experts, including a doctor at Harvard, um, but they're not sure what causes that reaction. Hmm. They don't think it's just the caffeine because decaf decaf can do it too. Yeah. So maybe other compounds in the coffee. Interesting. Theories. um, It might cause contractions in your colon. (laughs) Contracting colon. Well, that was a study they did back in 98. Uh-huh. It said coffee might stimulate <laughs> the motor activity there in the colon. The motor activity. That's what they call it. <laughs> I'm trying to do serious that's, health news here. That sounds like an ailment that REM would perform at a benefit for. <laughs> Contracting colon awareness. Uh, oh, man. Okay. It, it gets a... Well, something does it. It's not... People volunteered to have a sensor inserted into their colon to monitor contractions. They volunteered, you say? Yeah, for science. Oh, buddy. 
coffee was 60% more effective at making them happen than when they just drank water. And a separate study, much to David's point, it found it could take as little as four minutes. A two-hour thing, Scott. You might want to get checked out. Oh, my. And it also makes us produce more stomach acid. Mm. The study all the way back to 86 found that it could be true, and another study in 2009 backed that up. So whatever reason, that's... Where's Fauci on this one? We've been studying colon contraction. You need to wear a mask. <laughs> Boy, that's for sure. Well, it took two hours. I bet you do. Whoa. Okay. Taxpayer-funded gas cards coming to a city. That's straight ahead. Markley, Van Camp, and Robin show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. You know, Democrats shot down a White House idea to send gas cards to the American people. Yeah. Probably saw that. Mm-hmm. Talking about this at Daily Wire. Um, it was about prepaid debit cards to certain Americans so they could use the card to pay for fuel. <laughs> Rising energy costs right now. So this wasn't a specific gas card. This was just a card to be used for. Buying gas. Got it. That's the problem for some people. Of course. It's actually a gas card, maybe. <laughs> exactly. How about stop giving away money? Yeah. Do we know why inflation is here? But if you just give people money, who knows where that's going to go? Yeah, because the buying and selling of EBT cards is so rare. Well, Lori Lightfoot, mayor of Chicago, decided, hey, I kind of like that idea. Um, of course she did. It's a bad idea. <laughs> she's, about, all, she's all in. How about sending gas cards and public transit cards loaded with money? You know, people that just don't have much money. This will help fight inflation and high gas prices. The new program called Chicago Moves. Government-backed initiative that would provide $12.5 million in relief funding for disadvantaged Chicagoans. Jeez. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What? The program is called Chicago Moves? Correct. Chicago, Illinois. Yes, yes sir. The state that is hemorrhaging people who are moving out. Right. Yes. This, Should give them free moving does, vans. That does, would be better. Does this lady carpet her house with rakes? <laughs> like, so that she just like stepping on <laughs> them constantly? The does she yeah. like the feeling of having the rake handle come up and whap her in the face? That's well, incredible. It's called Chicago Moves? Yes. Wow. Well, I mean... Another few examples going down that road with you, David, and this is probably the best one I can think of. Because if you know what Lori Lightfoot looks like and her particular hairstyle, right, Mm -hmm. it doesn't seem too, I don't know what the word is, exotic. Like, it it doesn't seem like a tough haircut for a professional. You just ask for the Beetlejuice. Some have said that, yes. Beetlejuice. <laughs> it's showtime. Right. But remember when she had locked everything down and you can't go anywhere. But she was caught getting a haircut. Mm-hmm. And she had this response. I'm out in the public eye. And, you know, I'm a, I'm, I'm a person who I take my personal hygiene very seriously. Yes, yeah, see? 
Yeah. All you other people, you other jamokes, obviously you don't. But look at look at the Beetlejuice here. Yeah. yeah. I take it serious. As I said, I felt like I needed to um, have a haircut. I'm not able to do that myself, and so I got a haircut. Yes. Right. The best was the census cowboy. Oh, that was great. She had the cowboy hat on. Yeah, first ballot Hall of Famer. Yes. Oh, yeah. I'm calling out the census cowboy. (laughs) And then then that guy almost killed his horse because he took it on the freeway. Freeway. They had to euthanize that horse. No, they didn't. They The horse survived. Yeah. Are you sure about that? I'm pretty sure, yeah. Well, maybe they better get that horse out to the gas car to just get people <laughs> riding around town. <laughs> this is the Mark Van Camp and Robert Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends, yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins, thank you for being here with us. Okay, let's just get this bad news out of the way, David. Yeah. Uh, worldwide starvation. How does that sound? Jeez, how does it sound? On top of everything Frightening. else? Yeah, so there is a... Ma- we've been talking about this for weeks, especially because of the Russian invasion of Ukraine, fertilizer shortages. That is starting to uh, become very apparent that that's a real threat. Uh, across the world, not so much in the United States, although that it will crunch our supply a little bit, but worldwide, you are looking at the potential for widespread starvation at a scale we haven't seen in a long time. Whoa, God! Because that's not exactly what Robbins needed to hear today. Just for the no, record. I mean, does anybody need to hear that? No, I mean, you need you need to know it. Okay, let me ask you this, David. You've been around the news game for a while. You see these different stories. We've gone through different periods of people like the alarm bells are ringing. Okay. Putting fear into people. Is this one of those, do you think, or this is like real? What Uh, we could be looking at. I I think it's real. I I think that's a very real thing. Um, And again, because Canada, just to our north, is is the largest exporter of fertilizer, I don't know that it'll affect North America as much as it will the rest of the world. But when you're talking about both Russia and Belarus, both of which, I mean, the export game has become uh, fraught, to put it mildly, they provide about 40% of the world's exports of uh, potash and other materials used for fertilizer. Um that's a big deal for agricultural industries abroad. And that means also, though, because we may be in a situation where we're exporting more to help offset the crunch that will be seen worldwide. That mm-hmm. means the price of fertilizer goes up, which means the cost of food goes up, which means we are just in this horrific spiral. Uh, Putin's fertilizer price hike. Right. <laughs> yep, there you go. At least that one would have an element of truth to it. But, yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, that's an element, yes. Okay. All right. Oh, it'll be Putin's Hunger Games. 
yeah. what this is. <laughs> right. right. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. So we're talking about more sanctions now because of the atrocities. And we've seen these stories. Gosh, man, it's brutal. You've heard about stuff like this with war before, about what they do to kids, what they do to the women. You're hearing a lot of those reports right now. And so there is the threat of more sanctions. Okay. Um, Is this a deterrent? Is that a fair question to ask, David? Yeah, because we haven't really been able to get a good answer out of the White House right now. Uh, As this invasion continues, it doesn't look like those sanctions that we've put in place are making Russia back off too much. We're going to be sanctioning his kids now, apparently. Um, Europe's getting nervous about how this is going to affect them, specifically Germany, which has put itself in a position where it was almost totally reliant on Russia for energy. Yes. So, meanwhile... Angela Merkel, always held in such high regard. Yeah, isn't it interesting that she was supposed to be, like, this leader of the free world? I know a lot of people very snarkily said that when Donald Trump was president, that Angela Merkel is the true leader of the -hmm. the free world, and how quickly it collapses less than a year after she leaves office. Well, it's because you had a bunch of woke writers and woke people that are now in the White House on staff that think, well, we, but this is against resolutions, what you're doing with this war. Right. We, we agreed that we that you wouldn't do these atrocities. There's evil in the world, man. Yeah. If the world isn't how you wish it would be. There's a reality. And sometimes it has to hit people in the face to know it's real. It's very frustrating. So anyway, the White House press secretary, Jen Psaki, was asked about sanctions and more sanctions and whether or not that would deter Russia from taking any further action. And here's what she said. The way we always saw it from the beginning is that uh, the threat of sanctions, uh, you know, your hope is that there is a deterrence effect. That has been played out in history, that there has been a deterrence effect at times. Uh-oh. That is not a sure thing or 100%. But if it reduces or if it makes a leader potentially think about what actions, what horrific actions they're going to take, then they're worth that threat of sanctions. Okay, that doesn't sound quite what we heard a few weeks ago. No, I know I know you have to go way back in the archives, but this is Joe Biden about 13 days ago. Mm-hmm. Sanctions never deter. You keep talking about that. Sanctions... You, you keep talking about it. Who is he talking to, the reporter or Jin Saki? He's talking to the reporter in that case. Right, yeah. You keep talking about that. Yeah. Sanctions never deter. The mains of sanctions... The maintenance of sanctions, the increasing the pain, and the demonstration why I asked for this NATO meeting today is to be sure that after a month we will sustain. Okay. The maintenance of sanctions. Correct. David looked it up. I know. Yeah, that word doesn't exist. I I think he's saying maintenance. Like The maintenance of sanctions. The mains. Of sanctions. Like he's saying, like, we're maintaining these sanctions, the maintenance of, of, I think that's what he's saying. The maintenance of sanctions. The maintenance of sanctions. He's saying the main reason. Or maintenance. I think he's saying maintenance, or trying to. Well, you're the Josetta Stone guy, but that makes no sense to me. Because then that's two really bad attempts at it. The maintenance of sanctions. The maintenance of sanctions. You can hear that maintenance of sanctions. Good catch if you got that. I didn't get it. I didn't hear it. So the maintenance. 
Again, you're the expert, David. I'll, I'll I'm defer, gonna, I, I will I, I'll I defer to him as well. I'll defer to okay. him on that one. Can you imagine other countries trying to interpret that to their leader? I can. And they're sitting there going, uh, they're running a country like, what's the mainness of sanction? What does that mean? Well, that actually would make some sort of sense because it's speaking a foreign language. And you're like, you know, okay, I know how to speak that language, but this is like a form of it I'm not familiar with. It's way worse when you speak English and hear it, and we can't make it out. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, yeah, deterrent or not, okay, more sanctions, that's what's going to happen. Speaking of Biden. One of the saddest things that some people had seen in a while yesterday, as far as from politics in the United States, was him wandering around the White House after Obama showed up, spoke, and everybody wanted to hang with Big B.O. And, well, Joe is just floundering, and he's putting his hand on Barack's shoulder and saying, Barack, Obama's like, get back. I got people to talk to, little Joe. He's got no time. that You can see it. I've talked to three different people who brought it up to me. I didn't bring it up. And they're like, did you see that? It was so odd. I was speechless. I didn't even know what to think. Part of me was sad, and part of me was so mad that that guy's the president. Yeah, I felt sadness for the first five or six seconds. He truly looks like a it, lost old man. He did, and there, there's, a, there's a sense you have of, because, I mean, I don't know if you've ever felt like the outsider in your life, like I can't get, I can't get into this club, right? Sure, you know, and, yes. and the club is there, and they're all gathered around, but you're not part of it. Mm-hmm. You're on the periphery, yeah. trying to become part of it. You're just not allowed in. It's it's right. the it's the dorky kid whose parents have a pool factor, right? Like people people show up at your house because they want to go swimming. They don't actually want to be your friends. They but then support you're out in public, right? But at least they, at least they might smooch up to you a little bit so they can keep the invitation rolling. Well, yeah, but they but once the once the pool party's on, they're going to ignore you. Yeah. Oh man, that is sad. Golly. Yeah, it was one of those yesterday. It was so. Um, but then Joe spoke. He and made it worse, if you can believe it, because this was the anniversary of Obamacare. Right. And it was rich to hear Obama talking about misinformation at the time. <laughs> yeah, lie of the year. You like your plan, you can keep your plan. Like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. You're going to save an average of $2,500 a month working families. Okay, as part of the working families back then that said, man, that sounds great. I know eight Republican friends, it, it sounds like a farce to you, but I, I want some money saved with health care. What? It cost me two grand more? That was a bait and switch. Yes. But anyway, yeah, it was the anniversary of that, and Joe spoke. Go ahead, Joe. The American Rescue Plan subsidies... Uh subsidizes that are lowering premiums, subsidies are lowering premiums and extending coverage. And uh, I got a little practice when you gave me that other act, or, you know, when we were president. You were president, and I was with you. Oh, boy. What's going to happen? He's not going to make it. He's not going to make it to 24. They really going to put Kamala in there? I know I'm getting... Cart's way no ahead way. of the horse here. Can't win a primary. This dude, listen, man. That's not a stutter. I know people say, hey, you're making fun of a guy with a stutter. We hear that all the time. That's not a stutter. No. Remember the audio we played yesterday when Biden was talking about illegal immigration in 2006? 
Does this sound like the same guy? The Democratic position also recognized you got 11 million alien, uh, illegal aliens here. Oh, maybe it does. They have to have a way to earn their way into the deal. This is an amnesty. They're required to take 11 years' worth. They pay a fine. they got to learn to speak English. they got to pass um, like testers part. Yeah. Okay. Right, but there's a cadence there. Yes. A brightness yeah. to what he's Every, saying. Everybody yes. stumbles on words from time to time, right? Yeah. It, right. But subsidizes that are lowering premiums, subsidies lowering premiums and extending coverage. And uh, that's just a guy getting on senile, man. You do that. And then afterwards, they go big times. Yeah. Yeah. God dang. Yeah. And I mean, Obama, he had his arm on his shoulder, dude, begging for some attention from the anointed one and got nothing. He got nothing. Hey, remember me? Yeah. Hey, Brock, I'm, Brock. I'm, we're still friends, right? Still oh friends. My gosh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was that was something that said everything. Okay, David. They want nothing you to do with him. Go to this story right now with Robbins in the state he is. We go might. Ahead. We Talk might to need you. to. Well, Cracker Jack is introducing Cracker Jill. Has an. Which Wait I, a minute. Which I think is very disrespectful to Dr. Jill Biden, honestly. So there's going to be a Cracker Jill? Yeah. As like a companion piece to Cracker Jack? Yeah, well, it's it's part of this like celebrating women in sports, which is okay. really rich to see any sort of woke campaign go down that road. But all right, considering they want dudes to compete in women's sports. But yeah, so they have an updated version of... Uh, Cracker Jacks that are called Cracker Jills, and they will be available at concession stands at ballparks around the country and to fans who will donate at least $5 to the nonprofit Women's Sports Foundation on the Snacks website. They're talking about changing versions of the song and Cracker Jacks and Jills and all that sort of stuff. Give me some peanuts and Cracker Jill. You know what? I've got their marketing. Non-gender. Listen, because if this is about women's equality in sports, right? That yeah. would mean they're, what, like a few years behind? Because now you got the trans stuff? Just change the spelling of Jax to J-A-X. There you go. There's your cracker, Jax. You're Perfect. covered. What's the toy inside? Uh, student loan payments suspended again. That and a news update. Straight ahead. <laughs> Show, Jerry Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. You know, on top of everything else that's going on, the crisis at the border has not stopped. Okay, and it's going to get worse, like a lot worse. Well, again, you're talking about eighteen thousand people at least a day, day crossing the border. There are tens of thousands of people in Mexico right now waiting for Title Forty Two, the health order that prevents or that makes it easier to expel. Uh, illegal immigrants. That's going to end next month unless Congress does something about it. But the Biden administration is saying, yeah, we're going to do away with this. I mean, obviously, they want this to happen. They want people all across America, especially in swing states, 
with people who are here illegally. And in different states are saying, you know, we should really let people that are here illegally be able to vote. They should have a say, too. That's the American way. Unfreaking believable. But uh, it's happening. Man. Yeah. They were talking about this on Fox and Friends this morning. I thought it was an interesting conversation. Yeah, because there is a real cost to this, because there are obviously people right on the border who live there, American citizens who live there, who have to deal with this every day and have been dealing with this crisis uh, since Joe Biden took office. Uh, Luis Cabrera is a pastor in South Texas. He's been seeing this firsthand, and he had this to say on Fox News this morning. Let me tell you, what do you even know? What people are getting off that bus? People are coming across this land, and we don't even know who they are. We're not even inventing them. I know a lot of Border Patrol agents personally, and they're telling me the horrific stories that are crossing our borders every single day. And my heart does go out to them because, of course, you know, we all have compassion, but we can't even take care of ourselves. I have no problem taking care of people, but let's take care of our house first. Exactly. If we can't take care of our house, how can we take care of anybody else? And, that, and, and that's a huge problem. Try to bring that point up to people. Because usually, Democrats, there'll be one at least that's going to bring up something. You know, the Bible, the good book says. Talking about welcoming oh, yeah. people in. Yeah. They never talk about, you know, but those that don't, you know, care for those in their own household have denied the true faith. They don't bring that one up from First Timothy. Such people are worse than unbelievers. You got to take care of your own house. We can't do it. You hear people on the left whine and freaking moan constantly. We got to do more for, you name it, people that are just not well off, you know, and going into the inner city, and there's just not enough opportunity, and we need more resources, and we need more money. So you're saying we can't take care of the people in our country right now. But let's let another 18,000 a day in on top of what, over 2 million over the last year and three months? It's insanity. Most people see it for what it is. You're trying to recruit a new voting block. I mean, I, we, the people, should be suing the government. Biden should be impeached. He's not upholding the law. They want this to happen. They're not doing anything to uphold the law. Am I losing my freaking mind here? No, you're not at all. I mean, you're articulating what I think the majority of Americans think and feel. Uh, you wake up sometimes going, what is going on? But, you know, right from this top, stripping kids in cages. And this whatnot. is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. All right. I'll try not to go off on that too much. Well, that was the thing, right? I mean, you get we were sold that this was inhumane. It was Donald Trump. Oh, come on, man. And, you know. I know. It's And now we've suspended student loan payments again. Yeah. Yeah. For how long now? Uh till August, I believe. They're just kicking the can down the road. This is just the slow forgiveness of uh of student loan debt backed by the federal government. It's disgraceful, man. Yeah, it's like people, you know, that come here illegally. No well, we trust they're going to show up when they're supposed to. Yeah. You know, when they're supposed to have their court date. But a lot have just been forgiven in the last week. Can I get an extra gas card if I don't have a student loan? <laughs> um, Van Camp with audio next.
All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay. You have audio, David, that I haven't heard yet. Scott hasn't heard yet, but it sounds like it's going to be very interesting to say the least. Yeah, and it has to do with the Hunter Biden story because now it is safe. And I do tend to think that something big is going to happen that may actually justify um, Joe Biden being removed from office or him resigning or something. Because it's weird how all of this is happening all at once, that you have major news outlets confirming what was reported in October of 2020, which is that Hunter Biden was doing a whole lot of very shady and questionable business dealings all over the world with corrupt politicians Joe Biden was at least somewhat aware of it, at least somewhat aware of it. That's being charitable. And, well, according to an on-the-record source who's been vouched for by even Democratic lawmakers, Tony Bobulinski, Joe Biden was getting a cut of the action. Absolutely. So suddenly yes. this is now acceptable for mainstream media, legacy media, whatever you want to call it. So suddenly it's very acceptable for them to openly talk about it. And this is incredible because they were calling it Russian disinformation less than two years ago. So yes. now we. Fl- I think, you know, it could be a lot of things. I think there's an indictment going to come down. It might just be taxes. They may shield Joe from that, or it could go all the way to the Bobolinsky end. Yeah. And I, then Joe is in a lot of freaking trouble. Yeah. To, to, to be clear, I, I don't think that Joe Biden is going to be indicted him personally. Hunter Biden, probably. It seems that way. Yeah. But, I think that's why. The failing New York Times and yeah. then the Post and then other media outlets are now talking about it because they have to. They know what's coming. Right. But it, there may yeah. be something in there that's embarrassing enough for Joe that politically, you know, Democrats would basically abandon ship. Potentially. Yes. Uh, but at any rate, we flash forward to this morning. MSNBC's Morning Joe. They were kicking this around for about 15 minutes about how the media didn't. <laughs> funny enough, media didn't cover it. Very well. The Hunter oh, Biden scam. Oh, for God's sakes. Are you serious? They were, they were talking. They're to, calling that out? Yeah, they're calling that out. Uh, oh, my. Here's Joe Scarborough. Wow. And, and when we get through the clip, I'll tell you why this is so funny to me, because there's another clip from the Wayback Machine back when it would have mattered for somebody to pull at this thread. Joe Scarborough had the complete opposite take. But here is Joe Scarborough from MSNBC this morning. Everybody should have been far more aggressive after after the investigation uh, was made public. But what about during the campaign? Not only did mainstream media not pick it up, but also you, you had bans from Twitter. You had bans. I don't know about you. Yeah. I don't know. But there were social media bans on this being misinformation. And I think what we all need to really examine, it's not Hunter Biden, because I mean, I, I, I've always sort of seen it as a Billy Carter situation. It's what the media did do and what the media didn't do most importantly what the media did and didn't do during the end of that election cycle new york post comes out with it they're the Mm -hmm. only one that comes out with it and then it is banned on social media that's bad yeah it's horrific good golly man it's horrific you did that with a straight face what a joke you were part of the machinery jackass i'll tell you man just trying to not say something really stupid, but uh, to hear that, oh, um, <laughs> I can't say it, man. Yeah, careful. Well, it, you're going back to um, mm, 
Joe should have his butt kicked at the least for that, for oh, that yeah. take right there. I agree. Jeez, man, that's really rich Just from that clown. Okay, let's get let's get to the audio. Yeah, I want to hear it now. Back yeah, in the day, this when was it would have mattered. October 2020, Uh huh. Joe Scarborough saying this is obviously, the Hunter Biden laptop thing is obviously Russian disinformation. It's so obviously disinformation that the person that writes the story won't put their name on it because they know it's a lie. History, history will expose you all as fools oh and useful idiots for the Russians it's the, the, it, the, for four years now. For four years now. Somebody make the case he doesn't deserve some sort of punishment. No, no, you can't. I'm just saying. I mean, he's he's just one example of of a broad media machine oh, yeah. that took the talking points and, and and went off. What I'm more interested in is what happens to the intelligence officials who signed on a letter saying it was it was Russian disinformation. Because you had people that weren't just former intelligence officials, people who still work in the government, trying to tell Americans that this story, which was real, was not real. Nothing's going to happen. Does no. that not warrant congressional investigations? Does that not warrant, like, hey, why is it that at every opportunity, the intelligence community, and that includes the FBI, were trying to make sure that Donald Trump was either going to be kneecapped as president or was never going to be reelected president? Why is that? We don't have a full accounting of that, and we need a full accounting of it. Because they protect each other. But that's part of it. The system is built to not implode, to protect each other. I mean, I could go down a rabbit hole here of other things. I'll just say this. It's like we had, we had a clip of Obama from yesterday earlier, right? Remember when he ran when the country and the world was basically bankrupted with the home mortgage scandal? Mm-hmm. And people were going to be held accountable. Right. Remember? People were going to jail. They are going to go to jail. That's right. Nobody freaking went to jail. Nobody. Obama was going to see to it. And they were united, bipartisan. No one did it because they own them. They protect each other. It's the elites and then it's the working class, and we get hosed. But how long has Chewbacca guy been in jail? Oh, he's going to be there for three and a half years. Yeah. Here's the rest of freaking Joe Scarborough. There has been a line from Russian agents into the campaign. It's Unbelievable how how stupid you think Americans are, how stupid you think Americans are. Uh The idiocy, the sheer idiocy. (laughs) You are revealed right now, but you will be revealed throughout history for basically running cover for Russians and an ex-KGB agent who said the greatest tragedy of the 20th century was the collapse of the Soviet Union, a regime that, yes, killed 40 million of its own people. Okay. It's remedial class Muppet strikes again. Guy's an idiot. (laughs) And he probably killed that intern. (laughs) Okay, so I started getting into talk radio around 2004. Okay, you were before me, Robbins. And shoot, you were still in high school then, David. Was Joe Scarborough ever credible? 
Because since I've been in this game, he never has been. No, he's always like been a, a character. Okay, he always? Yeah, I mean, in my mind, he was always a character. So it wasn't like he was, you know, this guy was going along all right, and then Mika turned him inside out. It wasn't one no. of those? Okay. No, I think turned him inside out. I think he, there's a there's an element of that. I think he, okay. there was well, there, some there credibility towards that program there for a while. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, real strong guy, mm-hmm. that Joe Scarborough. Okay. Um yeah, it really went downhill when Mika put her foot down and said that he couldn't kill anybody anymore. <laughs> right. It'd be one thing if he said, you know what, I booted this one. We missed this when it came out. But to deflect now and go, mainstream now, media yeah, should have been... Re- please. Golly. Okay. Um, gosh, Let's get through this, too, because there are just different stories out there that, that can anger you. There's no doubt about that. Um, what we did to our teenage girls throughout the pandemic, I don't even know if we have time to get into it right now. It's criminal. It's criminal. It, it was a long piece from Substack. Terrible. Yes. And I sent it to you guys. Scott, I know you read it. Yep. What we've done to the mental health of young girls is... It's, it's atrocious. It's criminal. It, it, it really it is. It absolutely is. And it's going to take years for some of these girls to come out of this. And if part ever. of that has to do with social media, but it was all the hmm. the school closures. Just awful. The disconnect from those years of your life. Yeah. and I mean, I, I read that piece, too, and there was a piece in there of a of a young girl who said, you know, I'm I'm now moving up in grades, but... You know, socially, I still feel like I should go back to freshman year and start over. And sadly, you can't do that, obviously. Um, but, yeah, I mean, what, what we've seen is the complete destruction of any sense of normalcy for people at the behest of adults who were too afraid to look out for the most vulnerable. That's right. That's what yes. happened. And... It is a generational catastrophe that has happened, and it's not because of COVID. COVID's bad. There's, objectively speaking, I want to be very clear about that. COVID is bad. Okay, it is killing people. It has killed a lot of people in this country and all around the world. But we were so willing to take away freedoms and any sense of normalcy for an entire group of people that was at the least amount of risk to it, to the point where. It is almost criminal. I'll just share this little story from a mom mm. um, who lives in one of the Chicago suburbs. Um, her name's Courtney. She's 50 years old. Filed a federal lawsuit against the city of Chicago over its vaccine mandate and said her kids missed out on everything. And I don't even think they understand how bleeped they got. Said her younger daughter, Emma, went from A's in eighth grade to failing her fully remote freshman year. She said, I asked her, what's going on? You haven't turned in 20 Spanish assignments. And she just say, so what? Because nothing mattered anymore. Yeah. There's no sense of pride of getting ready for school, showering. No. All that sort of stuff. She said she felt like she was rotting in her bedroom. And then um, the girl that was a sophomore, her daughter, that what is now a senior, um, she said, I called her academic counselor and said, Mazing's dying here. She just she wouldn't get out of bed all day just from depression. I mean, this effect was kids all over the country. And then you had these teachers unions 
trying to say that they cared about the kids. And what was it for? Financial gain, among other things. It's disgusting. It was the saddest thing I've read all day. No doubt. Yeah, it had an effect on you. It really did because, I, I mean. I, all of us, I think. I mean, you've got daughters. i got granddaughters yes. and a daughter. And, I mean, you know, the whole thing is like I've seen it firsthand what it's done. Well, and that doesn't even go into what it's done to boys. No, exactly. And maybe not as bad in a lot of cases, but it's had a terrible effect on everybody. And we should be looking out for our kids first. Think about parents. You'll do about anything for your kids. You'll do things for them you could never imagine you'd do as far as financial stuff. And as a country, we just said, nah, it'll be all right. Not all of us did. No. Tried to fight it. Well, I think Plenty after what? Didn't. After a few months, we were all like, what the hell's the deal here? Yeah. I mean, we've seen the evidence that this is garbage. I was going to say, and this is on a lighter note, but I don't know that it is. I will oftentimes bring up different polls or studies, just spend a minute or two on it. This was a question. Hey, do you know all four of your grandparents' names? Well, sure. Yeah. Of course. First names, correct? Yes. Well, I would guess you'd know their last names, too. Well, maybe not. I don't know. What do you mean? Family trees are weird. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, um, 53% can't name all four grandparents' names. Wow. What? 53%? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Is that just broken families all over the place? It's, even if you move away from your parents, you have kids. I mean, your kids know your mom and dad's names. Yeah, well, maybe it is also, though, you know, you just remember grandma, grandpa, whatever you call them. Well, you'd remember their name then. Well, but over right, half but the, the country nickname. can't. Yeah, something. But it's saying 53% can't. Wow. Maybe as a society, we're focused on the wrong things. I never knew one of my grandpas, but I know his name. Well, yeah, that's yeah. that's sort of the point. Okay. Um, if you want a little bit more rage, I, I got it for you. Remember Loudoun County, Virginia? Yeah. Our friends there? Um, school's telling teacher, or not just a teacher, but teachers to keep gender transition secret from the parents. That's come out. <laughs> that and much more. Freaking crazy. Show Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, plenty of stories out there that could get you angry. This is one of them. Yeah. Well, you know, liberals right now are very upset if you say that, uh, I don't know, teachers or anybody really who wants to have private conversations about sex with a five year old, talking about their genitals, their gender identity, things like that, mm-hmm. they're very upset if you say that's grooming. Which to me, that that's just evidence that you're you're over the target. You've hit home. I agree with you. That's it. And then they're also saying, well, the Florida bill is unnecessary, right? They, uh, nobody's teaching about this stuff. Nobody's grooming kids to be trans or anything else, right? Well, Loudoun County, Virginia, boy, they've been in the news a lot the last couple of years. 
Loudoun County School District officials told staff to avoid informing a transgender student's parents about their child's gender identity unless the student tells the school it's okay. I'll let you have the floor there, Rob. Yeah, you know. (laughs) No, you don't get to do that. It's crazy. You don't get to do that. you think you have that right. No. That's how far down we are. That's exactly. Down the track we are. What is going on? It's just we're being made aware of it now. You know, Jamie, back in my day, if you had a slight <laughs> fever, they called your parents to make sure it was okay. They gave you freaking aspirin. Well, this, I mean, it's a whole agenda. It's we're going to recruit, and this is the way to recruit, and we don't let parents know it. I remember the story in Canada with the 13-year-old and thinking at the time, what was this, four years ago, David? Yeah, I think so. And it, even when we talked about it, saying a lot of people are saying this could come to the United States. In the back of my mind, I'm like, okay, that's really not going to happen. Exactly. Yes. But it's here. Absolutely here. Seriously. When it happens where some of these teachers are going to get caught doing this stuff, they need to be arrested and thrown in jail. Because it's criminal. Get involved. That's why the laws are coming down. Get involved. Stay involved. Run for school board. Get them out. To make sure it stops. Crazy. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. You have fresh audio, David? Yeah. Uh, the president? Joe Biden uh, giving a speech to a trade union, or it's at a trade union conference. Uh, and I will say, a- at least in this particular clip, he did not have a senility attack. I think they gave him enough go juice to get through a 30-minute speech. Okay. Okay. Uh but it's laughable nonetheless, given what this guy's track record has been over the last year plus that he's been in office so far. It's about, you know, we, you know what we need to do? What? We, we just need to come together and unify. Oh, not again. Here, here is Joe Biden. And three, to try to unify the country. That's been the hardest thing so far. Not a joke. But we're going to get there because you can't have a democracy function unless you can generate consensus. You ultimately have to unify it, as angry as I sometimes get. (laughs) You've done so good at this. You brought people together under your big team. Remember when when Texas was lifting mask mandates? He said that it was Neanderthal thinking. Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah. Let's see. Texas, Georgia, uh, Jim Crow 2.0 for asking people to show ID to vote. Florida is hateful because they want to tell teachers to, well, not groom kids. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Yeah. The great uniter. Yeah, we need to really unify. Okay. Well, it (laughs) seemed like there was unity yesterday at the White House. 
the unity was no one wanted to talk to Biden. They all wanted to talk to Obama, who was there to celebrate the anniversary of Obamacare. Mm -hmm. So there was unity there yesterday, at least among Democrats. But I don't think it was just the people there. And you've heard this more and more where it does seem like legacy media has turned on Biden a little bit. I mean, they've carried the water for quite a while. But something seems to have changed. And then Tucker Carlson highlighted it on his show last night. And we'll just see what you think of this when you hear it. Go ahead. For President Biden, the outlook is pretty grim. War abroad, anxiety at home, and inflation at its highest level in 40 years. Sky- well, and this is, you know, NBC, CBS, CNN, ABC. It's one after another. Sky-high inflation is erasing bigger paychecks. While hourly earnings are up 5.6% over last year, nearly one in five workers says they run out of money before they get their next check. You look surprised by that one, David. Well, it's like, yeah, we've been talking about this for months. I mean, it's been it's yeah. been something that's been reality, and it's like, welcome to the party, pal. Okay, exactly. Yes, you have historic inflation. You have record gas prices. Americans are feeling it. Biden's numbers have dropped by double digits with young voters, and they were a big part of his coalition in 2020. Voter anxiety is about more than rising prices or Russia's war in Ukraine. <laughs> Violent crime in American cities remains persistently high. Whoa, that was ABC. Yeah. Shocking. And there is a growing problem at the border. President Biden's approval rating still hasn't found bottom, and it's been slowly trending down all year. As you look into your crystal balls there, David and Scott. Crystal balls. (laughs) Well, I mean, you each have one. Right, I got you. I got you. I got a couple of them up here. What are you seeing? What does this mean? It means something. Either it means they they really want Kamala to be the president, or oh, it means buddy. midterms are coming up and you've got to detach yourself from anything Biden right now. Well, I I look at it as a couple different things going on. I think I think what Scott said is is pretty well over the target. I think that's that's part of it, but. You know, Joe Biden was really elected, and there was such a big push from mainstream media and from big business, from a lot of people, because they were worried about Trump, right? They they either didn't mm-hmm. like his style, they were worried that he was actually going to do things that wasn't sort of agreed upon in the unwritten rules of how Washington generally works, you know? Oh, my yeah. gosh, he actually has taken us to task. He's doing all these things, right? They w- needed to get Donald Trump out of office. And they thought, okay, well, Joe's, Joe could probably get elected. He's just uh, he's just Scranton Joe, right? Um, and here it is. Everything is a disaster. Nobody really liked Biden. They know there's a liability with Hunter Biden. They know, okay, well, we got Kamala there who's not going to be very good, but maybe she'll be better than this. Uh, Not today. Right. (laughs) So I think now you've got a bunch of different things at play. One is, oh, crap, we got to make sure that this guy doesn't get reelected, and we've got to make sure that his party, which is going further and further left, doesn't get reelected because it's a disaster everywhere that it's happened where you get pushed so far to the left. Then the other part is I really do think that news media, they may not ever admit it, but I think they are completely embarrassed. Members of news media are completely embarrassed at how they got played for absolute fools 
by Democratic Party interests, not only for four years, the entirety of Mm -hmm. Trump's term in office, but also especially leading up to the election. And they should be embarrassed. Hunter Biden is, uh, that whole thing is Russian disinformation. Trump is stealing mailboxes. Remember that one? I love (laughs) going back to that one because it's the most insane. That's one of my favorites, yes. So before we move off of that, I think it also might be, because I think it's, you know, the higher ups at all these media outlets that really control what stories the public hears. And and they'll spike it. They'll spike a story that they don't think goes along with what they want to have out there because it's an agenda more than actual news. But at the same time, if you're going to remain relevant at all as legacy media, I mean, it's already taken a few hits as it is. You see the polling. People aren't buying it anymore. And if they don't change their tune, they're just going to be less relevant. It's almost survival. Like, we got to start telling the truth. Yeah. I, I wonder if that's a part of it, maybe. Now, this should be a story that almost everybody says, you know, what a great American story this is. We have an immigrant running for Congress. That's pretty cool, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. This, this immigrant is here legally, so I guess that doesn't count. Maybe that's part of why this would not be appreciated by so many. This is in South Texas. Yeah, Myra Flores is a Republican running for Congress in South Texas. And, of course, a big part of the campaign has to do with border security because it's an absolute catastrophe right now. Uh, And she talked about why she's running. She talked about the campaign and her personal story on Fox and Friends this morning. Wait a second. Myra Flores is a Republican? Yeah. Oh, well, no wonder this isn't being celebrated. Well, I came here legally. I was blessed that I I came here when I was six years old, thanks to my father. And that's uh, what I want for every child. Uh, I want the same experience that I had when I was six years old. And that is why it's so important for us to focus on legal immigration and how we can help uh, those good people to come here legally where they don't have to go through such dangerous journey. It is clear that the Biden administration does not care about the safety of the American people people nor immigrants that's a great point she brings up Mm -hmm. and that is why i'm running for this special election on june 14th to send a strong message to the democrat party that we do not support these policies that are destroying our country and our communities wanting to put the families of south texas first should not be political south texas is fed up we are tired of the corruption we are tired of the compadre system and it's time that we put the families of south texas first amen Thank you. Yeah. Yes. And then you wonder, because the left is freaking out right now, because the Hispanic vote is starting to lean more and more right. So does that mean, by the left's rules, that they aren't real people of color? Oh, yeah, they're already putting that out there. Remember Axios had the had the uh, uh, story a few weeks ago, the rise of the Hispanic white nationalist. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I mean, that... That's been out there. I totally forgot about that. And we that, know that if you're a black and conservative, you're not really black, no. according to the left. Right. Okay. So that's it if you're, okay, Hispanic. Well, it's, it's the same thing with Winsome Sears in Virginia. Yes. You know, an immigrant woman of color. Oh, but she's a Republican and likes guns. Oh, well, she's actually a foot soldier for white supremacy. Daniel right. Cameron, of the, uh, he's the attorney general of the Commonwealth of Kentucky. And I believe it was MSNBC one of their black analysts who said, well, he's skin folk, but not kin folk. Right. Yes. Some of the most vile racist stuff gets thrown at Republicans who happen to be non-white. Correct. Um, 
everybody had enough of the whole Will Smith, Chris Rock slap with Jada Pinkett Smith? Well, there's a lot more left. Are you saying you want an update? I'm saying I want an update. Okay. Well, remember when Jada Pinkett Smith was having what she called an entanglement? Yes. With a rapper, August Alsina? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. And that was part of the red table talk that Jada had with Will, where he was emasculated in front of millions? Yeah, it was a 20-minute entanglement. Well, it lasted for a while. And uh, Will's like, it was a relationship. I mean, they were, you know. Yeah, not the actual entanglement itself. That was. Right. Yeah. Where did you get 20 minutes from? I just said no more than a 20-minute entanglement. Got it. See, okay. That's what I was just, I was referring to. All right, so through this whole thing and all the craziness. Yeah. yeah. If you're this dude, this rapper, what are you going to do? Cash in, baby. I'm well. The getting's good. I'm going to go out there and make records. August Alsina has a new song. Of course he does. Would you guess it's about his entanglement with Jada Pinkett Smith? If you said yes, you are correct. That is fantastic. So of course, yes. Um, so in this new August Alsina song, "Shake Up the World." He says, quote, well, of course, some bleep is bound to go down when you're tangled up with the world's favorite. Yes. Hmm. He also suggests in the song that certain people tried to make him go away. I heard I was canceled. Well, let's not speak on that. Red dot on my back, I became a target. And I'm flawed, but flawless. That's what makes me August. Now, if you're thinking... Hmm. Markley, did you make that last part up? Yeah. Like, no, that's the real lyric. Makes sense of that. I'm flawed, but flawless. That's what makes me August. Got it? Okay. I mean, I could ask if you wanted to hear it, but I didn't figure you'd actually. Well, want you know, to hear some it. of the busted relationships are good muses, always, right? The thing about his rap style, it sounds so unique, unlike anyone I've ever heard. Really? Or really. I heard I was canceled. Well, let's speak on that. Red died on my back. I became a target. And I'm flawed but flawless. That's what makes me August. Oh, I'm sorry. No, it's like everything else I've it's heard fantastic. before. Yeah. yeah. Cash in, dude. Sure, why not? Yeah. Yeah. Sounds about right. Um. Oh, speaking of celebrities, did you hear Johnny Depp and Amber Heard's court case is going to be televised on court TV? Oh, man. <laughs> we'll get to that in a news update next. Robin Show. Jamie Martin, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. This is a little bizarre. Joe Biden speaking at a trade union conference. Yeah. Talking to the people there, you know, pipe fitters, etc. Who are there. Uh, Mentioned going to war. What? There, here's President Biden. This war could continue for a long time, but the United States will continue to stand with Ukraine, the Ukrainian people in the fight for freedom. And I just want you to know that. And by the way, if I got to go to war, I'm going with you guys. What's wrong with him? Why does he keep doing this stuff? I don't know, man. I mean, I mean, we all know he was a gaff machine years ago. Now, it's senility along with a gaff machine. 
but I don't know that he would have said something like that 15 years ago. What are you talking about? Well, well, it's pandering. I mean, he, th- that is the same guy who told a guy in a wheelchair to stand up. So, I understand, but obviously that was a mistake, and then he, well, he realized it. This is, hey, I'm trying to pander. I'd go to war with you. If I do go to war, I'm bringing you all with me. You know, that's like David Lee Roth, 1984. I, we're going to take you all to the next town. You're coming on tour with us. Ah! <laughs> Which, of course, you would say every night because that's a rock band. What is that with Biden? I don't understand it. He has to look at his palm. Hello! <laughs> Boston! Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Real quick, saw this piece. Uh, Daily Wire had it. You know what uh, could be under attack next? Homeschooling. Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm not surprised at that at all. You know, homeschooling rates across the country grew between 5.4% and 11% between March 2020 and September 2020. Yep. And then it's grown since then. So you not only had the pandemic, but you had parents waking up to what their kids were actually being taught in school and saying, okay. Can't do that anymore. Yes, we'll homeschool. But you have a lot of people on the left that think this is criminal. Parents should not be able to teach their kids. Right. Because it is this sort of worldview that, well, they're sort of our citizens, and it's our job to educate them. The parents just may not be educated, meaning woke enough. It was always the old, you know, they won't know how to socialize or communicate with other people or you know, almost every homeschooling situation, I other than Kansas for a few years, and so it was, there was a big homeschooling environment there. Mm-hmm. But they had all basketball leagues. Kids traveled all over, played each other. Oh, You know, yeah. there were always organizations getting together. You know, it was no different than any other school other than you were homeschooled. I mean, you had extracurricular activities going on all the time because oh. it was organized. And a lot of times done, done right, done well, yeah. those kids wind up way ahead, way ahead. of other kids yes. their age. Yes. I think I've said it on the air, I don't know how many times, and had neighbors that homeschooled their kids. Some of my kids would say, could we just go over there and get homeschooled? Right. Yeah. <laughs> we joined that school. Yeah. Well, if you homeschooled through, like, seventh, eighth grade, and then go to high school, they'd be way above. They're taking advanced yeah. classes, and they're like, Ugh. yeah, this what, is pretty easy. That happens a lot, too. Yeah, a lot. Yes. But you have these different organizations saying, uh, no, we, we need to stop this. Okay, it's these people, these parents are just not educated enough to be right. educating their oh, kids. Oh, yeah, because they're not, yeah, they're not near as smart as we are. Well, they no. they don't want the monopoly on right. on knowledge sharing or whatever it may be, however they see it. They don't want that monopoly to end. There's that, and then they want them taught in a certain way. Right. And it's not like conservative or religious values. Johnny Depp and Amber Heard... Their court case is going to be televised on court TV. I hope he comes in looking like Jack Sparrow. That would be great. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin show. Quick pause there. Um, he filed a $50 million defamation lawsuit against Amber. Remember, she claimed he abused her. There was this whole Washington Post op-ed on it. And it was all sorts of crazy stories. Like, 
defecating on the bed. Yeah. Yeah. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. And I and I want to say, I, I think that Johnny Depp is probably a creep, and there probably was a lot of credence to what she was saying. But I also think that she's a nut. Yes. And there may be an element of, I don't know, mutual combatants in this case. It's been blamed on Russian disinformation. It was the poop tape. It'll be Jerry Springer on steroids, this court (laughs) thing. Man, oh, man. All right. Robbins, top three news stories of the day and a news update straight ahead right here. David Van Camp. Just watching this incredible news coverage here on a story in Hollywood where a guy was seen abusing his dog in public and people saw him doing that and then they, well, chased him down and beat him for over a minute. Good. And then kept him on the ground. Good. Absolutely. Good. Are you condoning physical yes. violence? Yeah, you're going to beat yeah. on a dog, I'm going to beat on you. I mean, How about that? <laughs> yeah, and, and I, I think I, I've got the news report here. Uh, yeah, all right, here we go. Here is the uh, news report if you want to hear it. Yes. A citizen's beat down in Hollywood after a group of people say they witnessed a man abusing a small dog on a leash. What the- he was definitely abusing the dog. All of us are eyewitnesses to that. Some people passing by on Sunset got out of their cars to help. I pulled over and started chasing him. And why is that? Because that's absolutely not okay. I'm dragging him and just kicking him, kicking him, kicking him, kicking him up slap. Now that's, the guy that you're hearing right now is one of the guys that's seen on video beating the crap out of this guy. And he's well, like, yeah, we had to step up. Yeah. Dragging him and just kicking him, kicking him, kicking him, kicking him up, slamming him right here. One of the men seen in this video hitting the man repeatedly yesterday near Sunset in the 101 freeway explained. He started running, we chased him, and he's talking about the dog disrespecting him. Now right here, the cameraman did an interview with the news outlet. I'm sorry, no, the, the guy who was abusing the dog, I should say, did an interview with the cameraman for a news outlet while he's on the ground waiting for the cops to arrive. Oh, wow. So, Whoa. so the guy's okay. explaining why he was beating the dog in public. He should have obeyed me. The dog disrespected me, is what the guy said. Speaking to our cameraman just before police arrived, the man who police have not identified said he didn't think the dog was hurt. He beat him up like this. No wrong with him. The people who beat the man for nearly a minute and held him down until police arrived say they were conducting a citizen's arrest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good. Yes. That warms my heart. I yes. Love, I love Take it. him down and beat him. I love yes. how that news report ends. They were uh, conducting a citizen's arrest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is anyone going to stand up for the guy that took a beating after none beating no. his no. dog like that? No. 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 Our job in a civil society is to protect the people who cannot protect themselves or things that cannot protect themselves. Yeah. And, and I'm telling you something, man. 
I mean, people react like this with animals. They'll just, they'll do it. I think we've talked about it many times. We have. Yes. I mean, and you, I mean, love pets. No I doubt do. about that. As a matter of fact, I saw a story today that there's a high percentage of people that think their particular pet would be a social media star if they put them on social media. And you are the first person I thought of. My cats are on social media quite frequently. They are? Yeah. But they're not stars. I don't know people know who they are. What, does it bring any money to you? I No, I gain nothing from it, no. Well, but I mean, are other they than celebrated? This, Do you give them special treats? The satisfaction of them... Um, them knowing that, you know, there certainly are. I'm thankful for having them, yes. Okay. All right. I love my cats. What am I going to say? I, I, it's I, great. You just don't discipline them. That's, I think, no. the complaint well, from well, different people. But we don't have time to get into that right now. You, you say that they're on social media a lot. you got to be careful with that because feline depression is no joke, Scott. Okay. Just they, quit they burning all that be... stuff in the house that burns their lungs. The poor little lungs can't hardly take it. That's what David said. Right? The essential oils, yeah. you got to be careful with, See that? with what you Are you ready for your big three stories of the day? Yes. All right, let's do it. Are you ready? It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Scott Robbins' top three stories of the day, helped by his top 40 hero. Another cat lover, Casey I'm Casey. Casey Casey. There he is. He's ready. I don't know if he's a cat lover or not. He's made it up, man. Okay, he probably is. Who Figured. is it? Yeah. I'm ready. He's ready. Yeah. Okay. okay. Three. Right. Uh, youth basketball players attacked a referee in a gym, Scott. Yeah, this is a group of youth basketball players, just some kids having fun uh, attacking a referee. It was a game at DeKalb County, Georgia. It was at a church, by the way. Wow. A church gymnasium on Sunday. You know, the kids went to church first, and they... They changed in their basketball clothes and went out and had a couple of basketball games. According to TV station there, no one has been arrested yet in connection with it. I saw the video this morning, a uh, mob of teenagers corner and attacked the referee. And the game was over, by the way, but they were mad at some of his calls. So five of them together took him down and started punching him and kicking him. Well, it was sort of weird because the other ref seemed to just watch. Stand there. Yes. Uh, this is in Macon, Georgia. Or the referee was then transported to a local hospital, had 30 stitches Whoa. in his head to stop the bleeding. As a result of the injuries, the referee is expected to recover from the attack. The report added, no word yet on what happens to the kids. Um, I can't believe this kind of stuff happens, but it does. And, yeah. you know, it, the thing is, Jamie, if the kids, if there was more money being poured into that community to help these kids out, this kind of stuff would not happen. Okay. I was waiting for the take. Man, this was at a church. It was at a church. Well, I got to tell you, I've I've seen some pretty rough stuff in church league basketball before. I've seen some fights break out. I've at never church seen church league basketball. Sure. Okay. Oh well. yeah. Uh-huh. I suppose but I've never seen happen. a ref actually attack. They were down. I mean, they were kicking him like like good fellas. You it. know. I mean. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. We're getting closer and closer to number one. Yeah. Two. This has you pretty bothered, it seems, Scott. Uh, yesterday, Joe Biden had this big ceremony. Barack Obama was there. It was about the Affordable Care Act anniversary. And after the ceremony was over, people are milling around, and everybody wants to go talk to Barack Obama. And Joe Biden, this confused, sad, senile old man, was just kind of wandering around 
and no one was coming up to talk with him. No. And they wouldn't let him join in the reindeer games either. He was trying to get close to the Holy One, who had the disciples gathered around him, pulling on his robe, and that would be Obama. Mm-hmm. So Joe's tries to get into even into the team photo, and he can't get into it. He's got he finally reaches out and gets gets his arm around Barack, like to tap him on the shoulder, like I like can I talk to you? And he you see him saying Barack, Barack, nothing. They just left. They just hung Joe out to dry. Yeah, he doesn't even turn nothing. around. It was it was it was sad for like five seconds. I went, oh man. Well, it is this weird. That's thing. cold. Yeah, and he looks confused. Yeah, because he turned first, he turned the other way, and no one was there. Right. And he put his arms out like, no one's here. So then he pivots and goes the other way, where the big O had all the attention going, and he just tried to get in with the cool kids. They wouldn't let him. And he looked desperate. He had to eat his lunch all yeah. by himself. And I'm th- I, it harkens back to the fact that Obama was there, he talked, and then Joe talked after that. This yeah. is the problem. Let me just use a rock and roll analogy here, okay? Okay. Never hire a opening act that will blow you off the stage, okay? Don't do it. Don't do it. If the crowd is leaving when you come on and they came to see the opener, you got to get them off the tour now. No more big O appearances. No. So there's your answer. <laughs> yes. Now, on with the countdown. Scott Robbins trifecta, do it it's every day true. this time. I saw John yes. Mellencamp at the height of his initial <laughs> powers open for hearts. Everybody left. <laughs> Poor hearts out there with half an audience now. Really? Mellencamp was off the tour after that, by the way. What year was that? It was it was when he took off with Jack and Diane, oh, like and, and they were out there, like, before their late 80s stuff. Oh, yeah. And they were sort of, you know, floundering. Wow. Hmm. And finally, oh, yes. one. Uh, the Prime Minister of the U.K., Boris Johnson, says men should not be competing in biological girl sports. Yeah, he's getting some blowback today, Boris Johnson is, from the LGBTQ plus organizations after he said he did not, he did not not including transgender children, by the way, in the country's fight to ban conversion therapy. Boris Johnson said unequivocally, biological males should not ever be competing in female sporting events, not under my watch. Yes. And, of course, people went dog nuts crazy after that. Too bad. A world leader, by the way, who said this. A world leader. Well, that's not going to last long. And it's always brought up as the LGBTQ community, plus or whatever letters are in there, right? Okay, I've heard plenty of people that are gay that say, absolutely, biological males should not compete with females. And I've heard several lesbians say the same thing and there is this sort of thought of you can't group everybody together because a lot of people just think well then that means if you are lesbian or gay that you just automatically think that biological males should be able to compete with females and then there's some backlash going on there understand yeah i mean (laughs) he understands it why can't other people understand this no, oh, it, oh. everybody. At some understands point, you got to stand up for truth. My gosh! Here's the thing, Scott. Everybody understands it. Everybody understands that is true. That it is unfair to have men competing against women, just because those men think that they're women or say that they're women. Everybody knows that. Are you surprised there are not 
and maybe I'm just not looking in the right place. There have not been more female athletes coming out and protesting against this stuff. Right. I mean, I'm a little shocked. There are a few, and actually that's what happened with the British cyclist because a lot of other uh, – there was a, a man who was trying to compete against women, and people did rise up, push back, and said, no, you can't – no, you're not doing this. Well, they actually – honestly, they took it a step further, and this was the difference in my opinion. The female rider says, we boycott. We're not going yeah. to participate. And a lot of people said that as far as the trans swimmer, that if there would have been an entire group – at the NCAA championships and just said, we're not swimming. We're not doing it. This isn't fair. We got to take a stand that that would have been when the rubber met the road. Yeah. But where's our WNBA stars or our Megan Rapino and her ilk? Well, I mean, where are they? Sue I would, bird. I think Rapino. Okay. I thought she had said she would welcome it, but I, don't quote me on that. I could remember that completely in the wrong way. It could, that may not be accurate. But until it comes knocking on your sport, there are a lot of people that just want it all to go away. Right. Like, I'll be out here on my island. I don't want to deal with it. I don't want the woke mob coming after me. You know, we've talked about this before. I mean, if a guy right. is in college or doesn't quite make the NBA, gets cut, mm -hmm. I mean, and he can pick up a, you know, 250K a year playing in the WNBA, why wouldn't I? I just walk around, identify as a woman. Yeah, I'll take all the screeching and yelling for 250 k a year or whatever. Well, some dude is going to do an undercover documentary. Has to, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes, and pose as a female. I mean, Barat so, or something, you know? Yes. Well, Did you say Barat? Or Borat. Borat. Yeah. Borat. Sorry. I'm just going to let that roll. <laughs> no, you could have you corrected me. I'm okay with that. You know what? Barat is I, the female I, I, name. I'm just going to play it. I have to play it. We played it uh, a couple days ago. I want to hear it again. I think a lot of people probably would. And it was it was Dave Rubin's staff that, that found this, Serena Williams, with David Letterman years ago, talking about playing against Andy Murray in tennis. Well, actually, it's funny because Andy Murray, he oh, he was been joking about um, myself and him playing a match. And I'm like, Andy, seriously, like, are you kidding me? Because for me, tennis and men's tennis and women's tennis are completely almost two separate sports. So I'm like, if I were to play Andy Murray, I would lose 6-0, 6-0 and five to six minutes, maybe ten minutes, because, it's not, no, it's it, true, it's honestly, true, it's a completely, really. it's a completely different sport, the men are a lot faster, and me, and um, they, they get, they serve harder, they hit harder, it's just a different game. Yeah, right, I mean, the left is always quick to point out that Serena's the queen, the yeah. greatest of all time, we should probably take it from the GOAT, right? Yeah, okay, Nimrod's in the news, news update, straight ahead, right here. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Boy, this is, I, you know, there's a danger of reading too much into this moving forward and, and whether or not this is something that will, or is part of a trend that started with the elections in Virginia last year 
But uh, Wisconsin's Kenosha County Executive, kind of like the mayor position, sort of, um, flipped red for the first time, according to the Associated Press, ever. Well, I wonder what happened in Kenosha to make that happen. Yeah, see, that, it's... it's we don't want no more ponies. That, that's why I'm, that's why I'm saying I'm wondering if that's really part of a trend or if it has more to do with something hyper local like I don't know a city being burned to the ground right. by left wing agitators uh, and then having most of the media lie to people and lie to the nation that what happened didn't actually happen or it was mostly peaceful. Right. People there know. They absolutely know. All right, let's get to Nimrod. Roll it out. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Ian. It's Nimrod's in the news on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrod's in the news. Well, we start with someone, well, beyond Nimrod's status. 37-year-old crossing guard in New York was in the middle of doing her job the other day. And out of nowhere, got hit by a flying glass bottle. Where'd that come from? Well, it was a 30-year-old guy, Tyreek Martin. Cops caught up with him about 45 minutes later. And they asked him, hey, why'd you do it? He said, well, chucking bottles at unsuspecting people is just something I enjoy doing. Well, who doesn't? He said, I tried to hit her in the face. And it's not the first time. Hmm. He's been arrested at least 70 times for various reasons, including drug charges and assault. Most recently, he was arrested in May, last May, for hitting a two-year-old boy in a stroller with a suitcase. Left a welt under the kid's eyes. Jeez. Well, it turns out Tyreek had an active warrant for not sticking to a plea agreement from the suitcase incident. 20 years. Put him away. This is crazy. I'm on the carnival circuit for two bucks. You get to throw four bottles at him. Oh, I like that. Nice one, Scott. And then 74-year-old woman in Pennsylvania, Celestia Barker, upset with the police, said, my grandson should not be hit with felony drug charges, and said, I'm going to practice white witchery on you cops. (laughs) What? Trying to figure out what that is. Said, yeah, it's a threat. Now she's facing a felony charge of threatening. Also racist. (laughs) <laughs> and that's Nimrod's in the news.